so good to be here midweek. I need to be here. It wouldn't matter if I was up here or in there. I don't always get a chance to be here on Wednesday night, but I enjoy being here on Wednesday night. I really enjoy Sunday, too, but I really enjoy being here on Wednesday. She gave that testimony. I've had this phrase or this verse going through my mind for about five or six days, and I didn't know why. I'm going to share the passage of Scripture with you, but I think it was for just a time as this. I'd like to share this passage of Scripture with you, but before I do, I want to pray. Father, we lift you up. We praise your name. We give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. Father, we ask that you would touch our hearts tonight. Speak to our minds. Speak to our hearts, Lord, in Jesus' name. Bring to my remembrance the things that you have shared with me, that you have given to me to share tonight. And I just pray a special touch, a special filling in each of our hearts tonight. I pray, Lord, that our lives might be changed. I pray, Lord, that a new fire is ignited in each one of our lives and each one of our hearts. Father, that new words might proceed out of our mouths. That new attitudes might come forth in our minds. That new directions might lead our feet as we walk, as we move in this world. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I'm going to read the passage, and then I'm going to share the verse, because the verse that I want to, that has really been speaking to my heart this week, and I didn't know why when he mentioned it, I started crying, because it is so for today. Listen to this. And if you have a Bible, you can open your Bibles to Romans 8, starting in verse 32, and I'm going to read this. This is not my message, by the way. I've got another message I'm going to share with you in just a few more minutes. But listen to this. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died. And furthermore, as is also risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Amen. Who shall shall separate us from God's love of Christ? Who shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword as it is written? For your sakes we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. I'm going to say that again, and I want you to repeat it if you know it or if you're reading it. Yet in all these things, I don't hear you. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. 
For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Now double back with me to verse, now this is great, to verse 31. And it says, what shall we say then of these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? Repeat it like this. And I want you to say it out loud where I can hear you. I know you can hear me. I want you to say it where I can hear you. If God be for me, who can be against me? Now, doesn't that make perfect sense? Doesn't that make perfect sense for what I just read? When I read this, and and I just read this bottom part, I just started thinking about that today. I've been thinking about that top part all week. I think there was a purpose. For me to have that in my mind. And I think it was for Rob. I mean, it could have been many, could be a zillion other things. But I think because of what he said tonight. I've been praying about this. Lord, what does this mean? What What do you want? I know that one little verse all by itself could be a whole series of messages. And I don't have a message on that tonight. Really. And I didn't know what I was going to do with that. I was just going to share it with you. But that meant something to me. I hope that passage, I hope you take that that last part in. If God is for us, who can be against one? And the answer is what? No one. There is no one that can be against us. The world can take our lives. The world can take our freedom. The world can take our health. But it cannot take our spirit. It cannot take our inheritance. It cannot take the freedom we have in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. We live in a really, really hard time in this world. <clears throat> and with all, there's a whole, all kinds of stuff going on, and my, my pad is not, it's not working for me. We live in a really difficult time in this world. There's a lot of things going on that are hindering Christians. All over the world, Christians are being martyred. All over the world, there's there's turmoil, there's wars, and all that's going on. I want to read the answer that we have. First of all, We have one refuge, don't we? And that is God himself. That is Jesus Christ. He is our refuge. He is our strength. No matter what happens in this world, he is our refuge. And I just started reading this this morning because it was the verse they used in my devotional. So a lot of times what I'll do, and I think I shared this last time I spoke, if there's a verse, I'll go ahead and read the whole chapter after I'm done reading the devotional just to see what it says. Listen to this. O Lord God, to whom vengeance belongs, O God, to whom vengeance belongs, shine forth. Rise up, O judge of the earth. Render punishment to the proud. Lord, 
How long will the wicked, how long will the wicked triumph? They utter speech and speak insolent things. All the workers of iniquity boast in themselves. They break in pieces your people, O Lord, and afflict your heritage. They slay the widow and the stranger and murder the fatherless. Yet they say, the Lord doesn't see, nor does the God of Jacob understand. Does that sound like the the society that we live in today? Not just in the West, but anywhere in the world. There's political upheaval. There's religious upheaval. There's relationships upheaval. There's financial upheaval all over the world. God is not taken by surprise in any of this. If God be for us, who can be against us? Does that ring a bell? It does for me. Understand the senseless among the people. And, and you fools, when, you will be, when will you be wise? He who planted the ear, shall he not hear? He who formed the eye, shall he not see? He who instructs the nations, shall he not correct? He who teaches men knowledge, the Lord knows the thoughts of men, that they are futile. Blessed is the man whom you, God, instruct, O Lord, and teach you your law, and teach and teach out of your law, that you may give him rest from the days of adversity, until the pit is dug for the wicked. For the Lord will not cast off his people, nor will he forsake his inheritance. But judgment will return to righteousness, and all the upright in heart will follow it. Who will rest, who will rise up for me against the evildoers? Who will stand up for me against the workers of iniquity? Unless the Lord had been my help, my soul would have soon have settled in silence. If I say my foot slips, your mercy, O Lord, will hold me up. In the multitude of my anxieties within me, your comforts delight my soul. Shall the throne of iniquity, which devises evil by law, have fellowship with you? They gather together against the life of the righteous and condemn innocent blood. But the Lord has been my defense and my God, the rock of my refuge. He has brought on them their own iniquity and shall cut them off in their own wickedness. The Lord, our God, shall cut them off. And this verse really meant something because we are living in a very difficult time in this country. And we oftentimes think to ourselves, where is God? When is judgment going to fall on these folks? When are, when are these liars and these, these uh, murderers and all these speakers of evil going to be judged? In his due course. Nothing that's happening in this world is happening that he didn't know about. Nothing is taking him by surprise. So just be calm. Be, comfort, be comforted in this. If God be for us, who can be against us? Do you believe that? Say it with me. If God be for me, who can be against me? If God be for us, who can be against us? Man, that excites me. That, that just turns me on, I'm telling you. 
Okay. We're going to get down to the meat of the matter. How's that? My message this evening, that was a prelude, I guess, to what I really want to talk about. Keeping the fires burning, knowing and believing what I just shared with you, does that light your fire or what? Does that turn you on or what? Does that give you a spark of hope in your gut, in your heart, in your spirit? That pilot light that maybe has gone out? That pilot light that's just flickering? Man, I want that fire going. I want that fire to burn in me. I want that fire to burn in each one of you. Do you know why I want that fire to burn in me? Because I know when I walk, wherever I go, I am a witness for Jesus Christ. I am his light in this dark, dark world. You are his light in this dark, dark world that we live in. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read... Out of the book of Revelations. By the way, we're having a study on that starting October 6th. We'd love to have you come if you can at 9 o'clock, at nine o'clock over in the family center. What is it called? The Fellowship Hall. Yeah. It's going to be an overview of Revelations, but I want to share this passage of Scripture with you because it does, it, it, it encompasses a whole lot of stuff. And I, I just want to share just a few things with you tonight. But Revelations chapter 3. Starting in verse 1, and we're going to read two sections of this. Verse 1 says, And to the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things says the Lord who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works, that you have name, that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are that were ready to die, for I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. You have a few names, even in Sardis, that have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He who overcomes shall be clothed with white garment, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life. But I will will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. Now listen, this is important. This passage is after after every church letter, this passage is is recited. If If you have... He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. Okay? So I want to also read, before I I just want to finish this off, I want to read in uh, 3.15. It says, These things I say, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. This is to the letter of the Laodiceans. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish that you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold or hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth, because you say I am rich, have be- and I have become wealthy, and have need of nothing, 
and do not know that you were wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed that the, the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with the eyes with eye salve that you may see as many as I love I rebuke and chasten therefore be zealous and repent I love this verse and sometimes we use it out of context as we witness to people. It says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him. And I will dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, me and my throne. As I, ha- as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. We just read a lot of passages, didn't we? Meditate on some of those, because they are so good to have in your mind. You don't have to memorize them necessarily unless you want to. But think about them. You know, revel in them. Chew on them, if you will. But we we need to keep the fire going. In Sardis, the word Sardis, the church name, the, the, the city, the Sardis, the church, it means escaped ones. Did you know that? Probably not. I didn't know it until I read it. It's been a while, but I've, I, I, I read that, and I go, wow, that, that's interesting what that means. But his, his warning to them was, be watchful, be alert. Isn't that the same warning we should be living? We need to be watchful and alert for our own, first of all, for our own spiritual walk and our own spiritual talk and our own spiritual life that we have. We need to be watchful and alert so they can't com- and Satan can't throw his darts at us and, and hit us or hurt us with them. So be watchful, be alert to strengthen the few things that you have. Wow. What do you have? What are your what are your treasures being made of in glory? Remember the word you received and heard. Hold fast and be ready when I come. And I, I added to this another passage. And I was just sitting there when I thought about this. Hold fast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. In Laodicea, the word the Laodicea, that, that means, get this, the rule of the people. Worldly, bureaucratic, no longer following spiritual leaders. That was the heart of that church that part of the church age. And you know, the, the seven churches that letters are written to, and I'm just going to give you a sneak peek at what, what we'll be learning over these next uh, uh, couple, of, couple of months. These churches were written for the seven different sections of the Christian church in, Amer- in, in the world, but also each church covers it all. There's, there's smatterings and bits and pieces of every church in every age. It was not using the word of God as its authority. Truth of the word is diluted with error, worldly riches, in need of nothing, spiritually wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. And the warning to this church, 
again, the warning to us as Christians, because we can fall into these, into these traps. We can, we can feel that way sometimes. Some, some denominations and some churches can have a sick attitude, if you will. This church doesn't have that. I praise God for that. This church is the prayingest church I've ever been in. This church is the, the most protected church, spiritually speaking. God envelopes this place with his warriors because of our prayer. I believe that. I believe we have the most, not, not just because you all are here on Wednesday night, but I believe we have the most spiritual people that I've ever met in this church. And I've been in church all my life. Many of you have. Now, I don't know if you feel the same way I do. That's, that's not an issue. But I have seen some of the lives of some of the people, just watching them from afar. I don't even know all of them. But I'm thinking to myself, man, I like that person. I think he's a good example. I think, man, I'd like to, I'd like to do what he's doing. Or I, I think I could do what that person's doing. When we have that kind of open attitude and prayerful thought process, it will happen to you. You will begin to grow. Your zeal for the word, your energy for the, for the Lord will increase. It doesn't matter how old we are. It doesn't matter where we are in age chronologically. If you want to serve the Lord in power, believe what you heard. Believe what you've put in your heart. Believe what you've put in your mind. Because in times, in difficult times, in hard times, let me tell you, you're not going to have a Bible to open up to a certain passage of Scripture. But if you've read the Word, and you've chewed on it, and you've meditated on it, and you've memorized it, those verses will come to your heart, and come to your mouth, and come come to your mind, and they'll be... They'll flow out of you because it'll be second nature to you. Anyway, the warning he gave the layout of sins was this. Be zealous and repent. Those are pretty harsh words, aren't they? Well, the be zealous, that's a, that's a word for all of us. Repent. None of us want to hear. Sometimes that's really difficult to take. Tom, you need to repent of your sin. Man, how, how would you feel if, if somebody said that to you? Steve, you need to repent of that. Well, my wife says it all the time, but I mean, I don't, that's, no, I'm just kidding. But, but, that, but that's serious stuff. When God himself says, repent, what had we better do? Repent. Remember, if God be for us, who could be against us? But let me tell you why he says that, especially the repent part, because he says in the, the rest of that, he says, because I love you, and because I love you, I will chasten you. I will rebuke you. He won't pour out his wrath on you, but let me tell you, a trip to the woodshed is almost as bad, isn't it? I don't know how many of you got whooped when you were young. How many of you got whooped when you were young? I can raise both of my hands, both of my legs, all my toes. I got whipped, and I was the middle child of five kids. 
I probably got whipped more than any of them. And you know what really made me mad about that? My sister never got a spanking. My sister never got whooped. She barely even got yelled at. So what? Maybe she didn't need it. That, that wouldn't have been my excuse, but maybe that was dad's and mom's excuse. And what was even worse was when I did something wrong and I was always getting caught, I was the only one in my family getting caught for stuff, breaking something in the house, uh, skipping school. But my mom would say, wait till your dad gets home. I remember one time when we were little, little tykes, and we had roller skates, and we had little three-wheel tricycles and stuff. Well, we lived in Philadelphia at the time, and we were out on a road that we knew we weren't allowed to be on. There was four of us, my brothers, Rich, me, Lou, and Paul. And we were all out riding, and Paul was the innocent one. He was the youngest. He was like three or four years old. I don't remember how old he was, but he was too innocent to know what was going on and that we were really breaking the law, if you will. And uh, <clears throat> my dad caught us. He said, get up in your room. We had a two-story, like a townhouse at the time in the projects of Philadelphia. And 30 minutes went by. It seemed like a year went by for adolescence. Another 20 or 30 minutes went by. He came up. He had his strap. My dad didn't mess around with a switch. Give me a break. He had a leather strap. He used it with wisdom. And if he didn't have the strap, he believed in the laying on of hands as long as they were low enough and hard enough, if you know what I mean. But he used the strap on us that night. He only gave us a couple whacks. But it hurt. It was painful. You know what we never did after that? We never got in that street again. We never went out in that street again. Ever, ever, ever. I don't know why I told you that, but just... He chastens those who he loves. He does to all of us. We've all experienced it. <clears throat> so the fire... You know, he's, he's talking about... Uh, we're, we're talking about keeping the fires burning, and I'm hoping this message is, is lighting that fire in your heart. But fire's good. Fire is good and fire is bad. Do you know that? Fire can be destructive. Fire can hurt. You put your hand on a stove or you put your hand where the fire is going, man, that hurts. That can burn you. But fire is also good when it's under control. Fire is good to refine. Fires are set to refine. You know, you go to a melting, a, a smelting uh, company, and they'll, and you'll see silver or gold, and the the, the, the dross and the, the impurities come to the top when it's under intense, intense heat. It refines. It also is fires also used to clear. They'll they'll set fires in grasslands in order to clear the land. So if fire starts over here, it's not going to jump in there and then spread over to the other lands. But it also is good because it, 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 the next grass or, or bush that comes up, it grows better. But what I like fire for is to cook. You ever been sitting in a parking lot, maybe at a Walmart or something, or sitting in a, a restaurant parking lot, man, that grilled meat? 
aroma comes out and you just makes your mouth water. Fire is good for that stuff. But I want to talk about a little bit about also zeal. In Romans 12, 11, it says, Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. That word zeal means diligence with all your heart. Not, not half-heartedly, not lazy, but with everything you have. If you're going to be a Christian, be a Christian Sunday through Saturday. Not just on Sundays. Be a Christian every day of the week. That word fervor, the Greek word is zeo, and it means to be hot, to boil. To be on fire. That's fervor. That's what fervor is. We pray fervently. We pray like we mean it. I hope you do. I know you I know many of you do. Pray with power. Don't pray in fear. Pray in hope. Pray in power. Pray in his presence. Pray with his purpose. Pray the scripture. Pray for your family. Pray for your friends. Pray for your pastor. Pray for the music. That's an act of worship, by the way. Praying is an act of worship. Oh, God in heaven, just be with Pastor Bill. Be with Miss Carolyn. Be with Pastor Billy. Be with with Rob, Pastor Rob, as he ministers, as they all minister to us. Be with Jakey as he's out on the road speaking with people, counseling people, being a chaplain. Whatever you do, wherever you are. How does the how does the light go out in our lives? Man, we move away from the heat. You know that? You put a bunch of charcoal. I know I got a, I know I got about an hour left, but you put a bunch of charcoal on well, he's got how many hours left on your oxygen? I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's all right. I'm just messing with you. He, you know, you have you you grill out, don't you? Now I have a gas grill, so I don't worry about that anymore. But when I was younger, we didn't have gas grills. We couldn't afford them back in the day when they were brand new, coming out in the stores. But we had charcoal, and we put charcoal or wood or whatever it was on the fire. Now if that thing is red hot, and you took your tongs. And you put one piece of charcoal out a foot away from the heat. And in a few minutes, that charcoal or that log or whatever it was you took out of the fire is going to be cool enough for you to pick up with your bare hand. That's what happens to us when we stop reading the Word. When we stop praying as often as we did. When we... I'm not going to go. I don't feel like going to church today. And the next week comes, and and there's a reason maybe you can't go or whatever. Maybe you're not feeling well or whatever. That's not an issue for me. But uh, then the third week comes. Oh, and I I just, I'm going to sleep in tomorrow. And then the fourth week, and then the fifth week, it gets easier as, as you stop doing some of those disciplines as you stop praying fervently, as you stop reading the Word, as you stop having the quiet times. Man, 
light that fire in your life. I've got five pages, but I'm not going to get through them all. And not because I went and did all that before. It's just because there's so much in this. We must obey the word of God. First Samuel says this, Does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as much as in obeying the voice of the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed is better than the fat of rams. We must repent of our sins. Ezekiel 18.32 says, Repent and live. Amen? Repent and live. How did the fire go out? We lose our sense of need. We substitute other things for our greatest priority. We get too busy. We get too comfortable. Let's not get too comfortable, folks. You know, the world is changing around us. The attitudes of men's lives are changing, of men's thought processes are changing. Not for the good, I might add. And I think that's why I read that passage of Scripture in, in, in Romans chapter 8. If God be for us, who can be against us? Read it like this in your prayer time. If God be for me, who can be against me? And here's a challenge. Believe it. Memorize it. It's really easy. If God be for us, who can be against us? What, eight words maybe? Something like that, eight words. It's real easy. Remember this also. If you believe that, remember this, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You know, some of the things that we do may be difficult processes in our lives, may be difficult situations that, that we find ourselves in, but God allows us to be in those situations. I can get through this time. I can get through this problem. I can get through this struggle because Christ has given me strength to do those things. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. In Jesus' name, let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the message.